0: That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
1: The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning tea. It's Monday the 24th of April. You're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer, on talk coming up. The Foreign Office has been accused of abandoning British citizens struck in war-torn Sudan after a nighttime evacuation mission to rescue embassy staff. Meanwhile, Diane Abbott, a key ally of Jeremy Corbyn, has been stripped to the Labour whip after she claimed that Jews, the Irish and travellers don't suffer racism, they suffer from prejudice. And Channel migrants will be able to claim legal aid to fund human rights challenges against deportation under measures introduced by Svella Braverman. Uh, The time right now is 6.33. This is Talk Breakfast. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Well, another one of those quiet Monday mornings we've all got so used to these days. But, um, yeah, an awful lot in the news. Uh, Sudan, Diane Abbott, I would say Dominic Raab and migrants dominating the news. So, uh, all good fodder to get our teeth into with Emma Revel, who's from the Centre for Policy Studies. Good morning to
0: you. Morning, Julian.
1: (laughs) Well... (laughs) <laughs> do we start? I mean, genuinely, where do we start? Um, there's a lot I want to say about Diane Abbott. Um, I was uh, away, uh, obviously, I'm not an air on Friday, so, so uh, I wasn't here for the Dominic Raab resignation uh, over the weekend. Uh, lots to talk about there, but let's start with what's going on in Sudan. Uh, we. Uh, uh, saw uh, yesterday evening, late afternoon, that the Foreign Office uh, had actually organised, when well, the Defence uh, um, Department had actually organised, the uh, evacuation of key British embassy staff from Khartoum. Although, of course, it turns out once again, as we had in Kabul, that actually all the uh, all the main people weren't actually there. So, number one, number two, and the defence the defence attaché, whatever, weren't actually in there at the same time. Do they have any understanding in the Foreign Office of maybe you have a number one and a number two so that when the number one's off, the number two is on duty and vice versa? Apparently not. Um, then that's the civil service for you now, guys. Um, but we we saw that, uh, that, that 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 evacuation at one o'clock in the morning. Um, obviously, very difficult circumstances. However we are left with hundreds of Brits left in the country the accusation is now the Foreign Office has abandoned them they haven't learned from the evacuation from Kabul and there are really big concerns once again about how this has
0: been handled what do you make of it? Well I think the Foreign Office is saying we have learned from the evacuation in Kabul and we're trying very hard not to do that again basically Their, their, their advice at the minute is to shelter in place and they're working on it I think it makes sense to evacuate the less essential embassy staff first and get their family you know out of the way and then go back for everyone else but I think it's yeah. a case of working out who is where and the safest route to get them out in the middle of, of but, but it'd been, it's been
1: crucial to find out who you know how many people in the country you know mm. people are not you know having to announce they're going to this country and there'll be people who are living there who are British citizens yep. I think our biggest concern would be people who are visiting there and there have certainly been some uh, some Brits who you know they're there for a family funeral mm-hmm. and haven't been able to return one woman who's uh, been uh, in the media talking about how you know she's basically hidden under her bed for for the whole day because there's been so much shelling and 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 hearing screams and explosions around her, absolutely terrified. Um, you know we expect our government to have a huge care to to keep our our safe as we would expect if we suddenly you know we didn't travel to a war torn country. I mean I've got pretty little sympathy for someone who goes oh there's a there's, there's a war on I think I'll go there oh brilliant well great putting other people at risk. You've gone to visit a family member and suddenly fighting has broken out mm. you've got a right to expect that the british government will come and help you i think we would all expect that um i mean this is a topic i, I every day last week i was thinking well, shall we be discussing what's going on in sudan shall mm. we discuss and i thought well you know when the fighting gets close enough to cartoon we'll discuss it And we, mm. inevitably we are because it has impacted is there though, yet another case of you know the french and the the americans already got their people out you know that actually we're slow to act um,
0: and 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 we just we're just not quite on top of things. Well, I, I think Americans uh, haven't necessarily evacuated U.S. personnel They're in the same position that we're in. I think Ireland have said that they're working on it. So I think different countries obviously take different you know ba- uh, balance of risk, but also different countries will have a different number of citizens within the country, and therefore the challenges are different for each country. Yeah, that 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 is true. Yeah, I think the Americans, I think have sixteen thousand mm. in the country. A lot of people
1: are saying why are they. Well, there 16,000 <laughs> Americans uh, in Sudan um we know you know hundreds of people have died in this fighting it's a very complicated situation but it, I mean a fair summary would be you know it's two warring military factions basically mm. um uh, who are fighting for power um, and inevitably by the way it'll be the, the the poor the poor and the most you know vulnerable in Sudan who will be the people who are hurting the most yeah. in this scenario um do you think that we will end up having some sort of evacuation I suppose one of the things they wanted to avoid was hundreds of Brits sort of arriving at an airport not that apparently you can actually safely travel to an airport they had to um, you know go in cover of night Mm. coaches um military you know british military personnel arriving on an american transport plane um and then basically staying there you know for 24 hours to get people together get them on a coach lull in the fighting and get them to an airport with permission from the rwandan uh, apologies the sudan sudanese authorities um You know, this is this is a difficult thing. Difficult to do, even with diplomats and their families who'll be, you know, there. They know exactly where they are. They've got all their contact details, and there's a small number of them rather harder, probably with hundreds of other people who
0: are spread around the country. Well, I think this is probably what the Foreign Office are trying to avoid, the idea that people should sort of head to the the airport or the embassy or whatever. I think they've said the easiest thing and the safest thing to do for now is to stay where you are, to try and keep as safe as possible. And once we are able and in a position to put a plan in place that we can execute safely, then we will do that. But until then, stay where you are. Well, we're going to be talking to to Tobias Elwood a little bit later.
1: He's the Defence uh, uh, Committee Chair. Um, and he says they, he understands that uh, more than a thousand British people have registered with the Foreign Office. There may be, easily be a couple more thousand. The question mm. is, I mean, it's only a, lots of people saying that actually there was no way of registering. They didn't. They couldn't get through. They were having to get family members in Britain to try mm. and uh, get through. Uh, talking of which of using your phone, um, we had the uh, the emergency alarm uh, alert yesterday at three o'clock. I was abroad and I wasn't sure whether or not it would work abroad or not. Mm. I don't know. Whether, whether it, how, how, how these things work it didn't sound neither did I was with my mum it didn't sound
0: on my mum's phone either did your alert work? Uh, yes I was on the train uh, it, all, all through the carriage people were sort of checking their phones and dismissing the alarm very quickly so they could was get anyone back to, to do I mean, that was the
1: concern wasn't it that there would be a big panic yeah. and then I suppose everyone talking about oh there'd be a big panic gets the word out that it's happening and therefore there isn't
0: yeah that ra- it probably did uh, as much awareness raising as any sort of government backed campaign a little bit yeah. of panic uh, front and page and, of the Daily Mail
1: why are you doing this? that yes. gets you messages
0: of course, quite convincingly. No yeah. one on the train seemed overly alarmed. Everyone just sort of either let it ring out or dismissed it so they could get back to whatever they were listening to.
1: Yeah. I'm I, I, Quite interesting though, I think something like 10 million phones didn't ring mm. that should have. So that's kind of the point of a test. We're in Elon Musk territory, rapid disassembly or whatever <laughs> territory, where you need to know that it doesn't work yeah. on one particular, I think it was 02, wasn't it? It doesn't work on that network, so yep. you need to
0: know that. That's the point of testing it. That's People said, of... oh, it was early, it was late, it didn't work for me. Well, that's that's why we did the test. That's what it's for. And that that is the whole point, isn't it? There's no question at all. Right.
1: There is lots more to talk about. I want to look look at the uh, front pages uh, as well. But we need to talk about Diane Abbott. We need to talk about Channel Migrants. And there's so much to talk about that. Let's start with Diane Abbott. Um, Diane Abbott being... I mean, Diane Abbott went went Diane Abbott. That's what she did, didn't she? She wrote a letter to The Observer um, saying that... I mean, basically, she's angry. Mm. She's angry that people are are saying that Jewish people, travellers... Um, uh, and uh, and the Irish suffer from racism and have suffered from racism historically. Um, and her point being, the report last week that said actually, in terms of people actually suffering prejudice, suffering attacks, actually it is this group um, that actually suffer more more no. issues than than black people in this country. That you know that's what the report was suggesting. She's saying now, her argument is that these people, the same as redheaded people. Uh, suffer from prejudice, and yes, they may suffer prejudice, and that's a bad thing. But they don't suffer from racism, mm. and they and and she she made the point about sort of you know they weren't they weren't Jewish people on black slave ships being ran, being, being manacled on, on 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 slave ships, um and and not told to and Jewish people weren't told to sit at the back of the bus in America,
0: um just the, just how wrong was she? It's quite extraordinary to try and understand how she was able to write that down and not consider any of the numerous incidences that prove that she is, in fact, not only wrong, but catastrophically yeah. wrong.
1: Because people are focusing on the the, the offence. I don't care. I've got no problem with people offending people. I think mm. people have a right to offend people. I don't care that she has views that, um, that offend people. I, I care that she is a politician who could have been our Home Secretary, who is a complete and
0: utter blithering idiot apparently didn't recognise that the Holocaust might be a result of... I mean, of I'm thinking, racism, you know, on issues. balance.
1: I mean, but again, isn't this part of the victim Olympics? This is the whole thing that everyone has to compete and that's part of this whole... I mean, sorry, I'll wake you up on this one. Intersectionality. <laughs> this is a big thing. For people who are obsessed with race, the, the anti-racists who talk about nothing but skin colour and only see skin colour, they don't judge people by their character, what they say, what they do, but by their skin colour, whether you're a victim or or an oppressor, by the way, I'm, I'm an oppressor because I'm white. Just in case you were wondering, um, and 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 again, but there's a there's a hierarchy of who is in you know so all Muslims very high at the top, Jews very near very much at the bottom mm. apparently because they look white. Mm. That's I think that I think that's the argument that these people are making, and it's just it's just so extraordinary. Dan Abbott has a has a constituency in Central London Hackney where there there are two anti-Semitic attacks recorded every week.
0: It's just it's it's quite. I read it quite early yesterday morning, and it was quite difficult to wrap my head around just how she yeah. got to the that yeah. draft. But well, this is the thing: she later retracted and apologised. Mm. She
1: no longer agrees with her own views. Apparently, this letter to the Observer, which she she wrote and printed or emailed, and said was was actually was actually um, uh, just a first draft. Have you ever written a first draft of any letter akin to this? No,
0: I've I've sent the odd, you know, uh, first draft by accident, but never one that contained anything remotely close to this. It's astonishing that she was able to write it down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, is it better, though, that we know
1: that she thinks this? It's on paper in black and white. We know that this is what she thinks.
0: I, quite, potentially, yeah. I think what was interesting yesterday as well is, is how quickly Labour responded, yep. uh, you know, withdrawing the whip pending that an investigation. Starmer would have
1: been delighted to do that. I,
0: I think it shows just how much the Labour Party has moved on these issues in the last few years, though, because you can see a few years ago this might not necessarily have got the same response. I
1: don't remember at any point Keir Starmer speaking out against uh, Jeremy Corbyn or, or Diane Abbott and things they were saying and doing. It seems to me very, very clear that he was quite happy to have these people elected to two of
0: the greatest officers of state while he was shadow Brexit. Secretary. And that's something that's asked of Keir Starmer quite regularly and I think it's right to ask that question but I think it's also right to acknowledge that it, he's now know, acting. Yeah. Yeah. But he was happy to put them in government. That's yeah. the bit that bothers me. But there we go.
1: Lots more to talk about including the migration bill at 6.44 is the time. This is Talk Breakfast. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.